All right, guys, welcome back to the Business Shift podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have Anna Bruno. Anna Bruno has been coaching individuals and offering business consulting services for over 20 years with the aim to empower clients to make informed decisions and take effective actions towards meeting their specific life goals. I love it. Anna offers advice on life and money, which I think is so incredibly important. She teaches about personal financial uh, wealth building strategies, avoiding money mistakes, how to get out of debt, tips on avoiding ripoffs, and much more. She provides strategies to earn more, keep more, spend smarter, and grow real wealth. Anna earned a certificate in retirement planning from the Wharton School of University of Pennsylvania with a designation as a retirement planning specialist in 2009. Because of her background, Anna established the Get Skills Academy, the GSA, to function as the educational arm of Thrive Armenia Foundation. Uh, GSA's mission is to support individuals by offering life skills and soft skills training to improve their opportunities in life and their careers. I am so excited to bring her on today, guys. So let's go ahead and cue that intro and then we'll bring her on. Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Anna, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so glad to have you joining us today. I want to start off the podcast with learning a little bit about your story, your beginnings as an entrepreneur, and then getting to the point where you are today. Do you mind just walking us through that journey of yours and what you've kind of been through along the way? Sure. Where do I start? How far do you want me to go back? <laughs> you know, I normally get that answer when I ask that question. Um, as as much as you feel is appropriate, just would love sure. to understand the transition. You know, I love to hear entrepreneurs uh, and business owners and their just their journeys because it's all so different from each other. But we're all working towards achieving similar things. And so wherever you feel is appropriate. Since we're talking about entrepreneurship and, you know, the, the thinking like an, a business owner, I'll go back to uh, where I was born, which is actually in a tiny little country called Armenia. So I was born in a former Soviet Union Republic of Armenia. Wow. And actually, recently, I had the opportunity or the privilege of giving a TEDx talk in Yerevan. And one of the wow. things that I talked about was the fact that how fascinated I was when I arrived to the U.S. at the age of 17, how fascinated I was with the fact that how um, the mindset of a business owner is so uh, different here and how wow. fascinated I was with the stock market and the idea that any person could own individual shares of publicly traded companies that, you know, especially coming from the former Soviet bloc, that was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe that regular people could do that. So I guess my business sense and my my longing for having my own business started way back when, before I even arrived to this country. And from the day that I had stepped foot in the U.S., I always felt so privileged to be here and to have the, all the opportunities that are given to us um, to accomplish basically whatever we want to accomplish. 
Mm, yes, I love that. So what has been your journey to build the company that you have now? Um, and why did you start the company you have now? Awesome. So it, again, going back, so my original idea was, believe it or not, I had been trained to become a um, to, to go into medicine. So my mm. background and my, my uh, degrees were in biochemistry. But because of my fascination with uh, uh, the financial markets, capital markets, and just, you know, bus- being a business owner in general, I decided that to make a shift. And after graduating college, I opened up my, um, in, in, in my financial advising firm, which is called, um, it was at that time, it was called um, Anna Bruno and Associates. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I started working with individuals and businesses in helping them with their various financial planning needs. And then along the way, it grew. You know, I, I had the privilege of starting a few other businesses and maneuvering uh, throughout, you know, different um, economic, um, you know, um, I guess circumstances that, you know, we had to deal with. Uh, but, you know, it, it, I would say the first and most important thing for anyone who wants to start a business is, you know, to taking the risk is the biggest step, right? To, mm-hmm. to, to decide to go for it is, you know, the biggest um, decision that you want to make and not to be afraid of failure. So, um, and that's, that's where I started. Very cool. So kind of through your whole experience with things, what has been your definition and what does success look like to you? It's, it's a great question. You know, success can mean different things to different people. You know, it could be financial rewarding or, you know, have being financially rewarded. Success could mean having the freedom to do what you want. Success could mean having the ability to retire sooner. Uh, or it could mean, a, you know, combination of all. Yeah. Um, for me, the most important criteria for success is for me to have the freedom to accomplish the things that I would like to accomplish. I have always looked at money as a tool um, and, you know, the tool that allows us, gives us the freedom to do the things that we want to do. So that's how I measure success. Um, mm-hmm. Can I do the things that I want to do? Can I do the kind of work that makes me happy? Um, can I choose to have personal time with my family? Uh, can I do the things that are important and meaningful to me? And that's how I measure success. Mm. So what did you do to get to the point where you could view money as a tool rather than something that you're perceiving from a scarcity mindset, something that you need to have to survive, um, something that you have greed for or you have desire for. How did you get to that point where you go, this is a tool that can help me and it's actually easier to make than it seems. (laughs) So how did you get to that point? Excellent. So what I would say is um, the, the having the proper money mindset starts at a very, very young age. And for those of you, anyone who is a parent who is listening to this podcast, I would strongly encourage uh, all of you to make sure that you're including your children in a money conversation. Don't hide things away from them. Give them the chance and the opportunity to see and feel what it's like to make money decisions. And don't talk badly about money. Don't present money as as a dirty thing because it's not. You can present it for what it is. As I said, I look at it as a tool. Um, So uh, basically, uh, you know, 
for the most important thing is that just just repeat the question again. I just want to make sure I'm answering the right way. What was the question, please? How do you perceive money as a tool versus something that's just to be acquired is something that's coming from greed or from fear? Um, I look at money, as I said, as the um, opportunity to uh, to use it. And every time I've ever earned any dollar from a very young age, I've always had the mindset of, putting some of it aside um, in order to to grow and um, allow to get to the point of freedom. So I look at money as uh, the opportunity to have the freedom. So every time from the very first paycheck that I have earned and the very first profit that have I have ever made, I have uh, had the mindset of you work as hard as you can, Make sure to live and spend below your means. Whatever dollar amount it is that you've earned, the number one thing you can do for yourself is pay yourself first. So put money aside. You know, there's a lot of different mindsets and there's a lot of rules that you can follow. The rule of thumb, you know, 10, 20, 30 percent that you can put away. Um, I say the minimum is the very, very, very minimum is 10 percent. Ideally, 20 percent of all of your earned income should be put aside um, and that side account needs to grow and to a point where you can start making decisions, not from the point of I'm a slave to my job and I'm doing this because I have no choice. It's because then you can start doing things uh, from the mindset of from the point of I, I'm working because I want to. I, I have the type of job that I, I enjoy doing and I'm good at. So, again, um, for me, the most important thing is looking at money as an opportunity, as a tool to uh, create freedom. And the second thing is utilizing money for what it is and making sure that you spend and you live below your means. Whatever you do, don't. if you don't have the money, obviously you don't want to spend it. And I see that's one of the biggest mistakes and biggest um, obstacles that I see in people that I work with. Unfortunately, the bigger the salaries, the bigger the homes, the bigger the expenses, the bigger the cars. And I would say, you know, that's one of the things that I wish that I could, you know, uh, make a shift for people and their ideology. Right. Okay. I, I appreciate that breakdown. So kind of going back to when we asked you, what does success look like for you based on your experience, what has contributed to you succeeding in your business? What have been those either actions or habits that you've developed or routines that you've developed that really have contributed to you being successful in business? Great question. I would say um, for me personally, uh, it was as if there was no other alternative. So I had to succeed. For me personally, there were there was no other situation or a person that I could rely on. I didn't have a trust fund or parents who could take care of me. So, you know, I worked extremely hard. When I say I worked very hard, I mean, I used to work 10, 20, literally hours a day. I would bring work home and I would work during the weekend. Not that I'm saying I'm not encouraging people to do that. What I'm saying is um, you do what you have to do to succeed. You know, you set a goal for yourself and, and, and you stay focused on that and, and not to be afraid to go the extra mile. 
Um, the way I built my business was I, when I became a financial consultant initially, I used to do a lot of seminars and that's how I built my practice. And uh, it wasn't easy. And, you know, and it's just, you know, it's statistics, it's numbers game. If you send out, you know, 10,000 invitations, uh, a certain percentage of those people reply and then a certain percentage of people show up and so on and so forth. So uh, what contributed to my success is my work ethic. Mm -hmm. and uh, my ability to stay focused, my ability to not be afraid of failure. I think that's the other thing that I would definitely want to um, highlight. Uh, the ability not to be afraid of failure, because we all fail, and you know we can look at failure and say, oh my God, it's the end of the world. Or we can say, what can I learn from this? We, you know, And our attitude is 90% of our success. So... Right. Uh, not to be afraid of failure because, you know, you do things uh, just recently I had a, uh, in one of my businesses, we did a big event and it was lukewarm. I mean, we could have done things differently, better. And I know some of my younger colleagues were sort of upset because things didn't go the way we had planned. And I kept telling them, this is the very, very first time we have done this event. So it's like completely like, brand new territory for us. So we can look at the cup halfway full or we can look at the cup halfway empty. So yeah. let's choose to look at it as halfway full. So those are the things that contributed to my success, not to be afraid of failure, take risks, um, have a good work ethic, be able to stay focused and um, and know that and believe in yourself. You know, know that if you want something bad enough and you work hard enough, you will achieve it. There is no question in my mind. Anybody can achieve anything if you really, really decide you want it. Mm hmm. Yep. Oh, man, I appreciate you breaking that down. I think uh, staying focused is one that really uh, kind of hit me specifically because I see and work with a lot of people, um, especially I think in this kind of space of online courses and online coaching. Uh, there's so many different things happening and there's always, always, always a new shiny object, a new distraction, something new to jump into. And I see a lot of people give into those distractions and go, oh, this, this new shiny object that I have, I want to go and see what that is. This thing isn't working yet. Um, but they actually haven't spent the time to get the results with what they've already committed to. And so I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's so vital for seeing progress in any area of your life is being willing to go, I'm going to sacrifice the distractions to now move forward and get the result with this path that I've decided to be on. I couldn't agree with you more, 100%. Amazing. Awesome. So I would love to move in and talk a little bit about your experience with building teams as I, and as you've grown your business, um, really creating teams that thrive. So what would your first steps be to forming a successful and tight knit team? The first uh, thing I would say would be to understand what kind of um, colleague you're looking for. Um, there are certain personality types and certain um, skill sets that each people possess or, or we all possess. For example, for me, I've always been the entrepreneurial type, uh, but I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't have the ability to 
for example, to, to, to do paperwork. I hate doing paperwork. So in my business, especially in a financial planning business, I had to hire two assistants instead of one only because I knew that that's something that doesn't come easy to me. I'm a big thinker. You know, I, th- I, I love strategy. I love to sit down with people, understand their circumstances, figure out, you know, what their goals are, priorities are, help them, you know, come up with a plan. But when it comes to like doing, digging into like paperwork and so on, I knew that was not my forte. So I knew that I had to hire people who can help me with that. So when you're building teams, you have to understand what your strengths are and also what your weaknesses are and try to supplement those weaknesses but with people who have who possess those strengths that you're lacking uh, so that would be the first criteria because you cannot hire somebody else just because you like some a person or your friend or whomever uh, and if they have the same skill sets as you do it's not going to work so that's the first thing make sure you're acquiring people who will complement your skill sets. They will complement the things that you do not have or you're not very good at or you're not very strong at specific in specific areas. That's very important. And the reason I say this is because I've had my share of, you know, hiring assistants and, you know, they had the same strengths as I did. And again, that was a disaster. So that's the first thing. And there are a lot of different tests you can use there are some paid tests and there are some free tests that you can use to understand people's personalities and also the, the types of um, um, jobs they, they would be good at. So I would say if you're starting out, you're building teams, uh, teams especially when you're lacking certain um, skill sets in certain areas, just be very careful as to who you're hiring and make sure they're able to complement that. So that would be the first quite, the, the thing I would say. The second um criteria that I would mention is make sure that when you're building a team, you treat these people properly. Mm. Uh, the biggest motivator in any human being is when they feel that they're understood and they're appreciated. Mm. If you ha- if you work with someone and you don't treat them the, the right way, it's just it's a matter of if someone coming in into your business and treating it as just like any other job or truly worrying and truly you know um, committing themselves to this work so um, and I don't know if there is a book called it's your ship mm-hmm. if, if anybody who is building teams who wants to motivate their their uh, teammates I would recommend them to read the book called it's your ship. Do you know who it's by? I don't remember. It's been a long time. I used to read it many years ago. But if you Google it, I'm sure it'll come up. Yeah. My point is, is that, you know, it, it's very important to have, especially employees or even te- team teammates, um, making them feel that their work matters, their opinions matter. If you're, if somebody like, you know, if somebody says something or comes up with an idea and you shut them down right away, even if you don't agree with them, it's just the way that you deliver, you know, your opinions and you listen to other people, you know, you can create an atmosphere of open atmosphere where people can feel comfortable, um, you know, expressing their ideas, expressing their opinions and feeling like they are part of a team. Or you have a you can have a, a an atmosphere where you're treating people like just their you know their employees. They have a very small 
you know, narrow job description and that's their silo. This is what they do. And that's it. And I think it, a lot of it comes from the leader, the way you, you know, um, set things up initially is the, the way things are going to go. So I, I would say those two um, criteria are very, very important to keep in mind when you're building teams. Mm, amazing. Amazing. This has been so good. Um, and since these are shorter podcasts, I just want to ask you one last question before I finish up for today, um, which is how do you really effectively motivate people to move towards a common goal that you created? Because this is this may not be a, a common goal that they have, right? Um, but how do you or rather, how do you create common goals with your teams where they're like, okay, yes, I want to be on board with this. I want to help you achieve this. And let's let's move forward with the same kind of tenacity and uh, dedication. That's a great question. And I would say you mentioned something about how to motivate people. Um, there are, And it's funny because I'm sure this is like a well-known fact, um, especially in sales. People say uh, people are motivated by fear or greed. So those are the two things that typically motivate the masses, people. Um, when it comes to uh, employees or teammates, um, my uh, motto has always been to try to have everyone on the same side of the pendulum, meaning um, when I have uh, when I'm working with uh, employees or teammates, um, I try to compensate them based on their um, based on their, uh, I guess, uh, results, not just, you know, on an hourly basis. I much prefer, um, you know, having some sort of a structure when I have a base salary plus bonus structure based on their, the results of the work that they're, they're, they are producing. Uh, because again, you want uh, to have your employees and slash or teammates to be as motivated as you are for the success of the project. So that would be one way. Financially speaking, that's how I've been able to motivate people uh, because I compensate them um, with some sort of a bonus structure. So if we do well, they all do well. Uh, that would be one way. The second way is, again, going back to emotionally. You need to make sure they're, they feel like they're part of the team and they're part of the project. It's not just your project. It's their project also. It's their project. It's their ideas. And allow them to come up with ideas and allow them to be a part of the decision-making process. And once they feel in their heart that they are part of the decision-making process, then you're golden. Mm. Yes. Oh, this has been so, so good. Thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to hear more from you, if they want to be a part of your world, where can they go? Excellent. Yes. So um, I've obviously I have several platforms. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Get Skills with Anna Bruno. It's on YouTube and TikTok. Um, same name as you can find me, Get Skills with Anna Bruno on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, the purpose of my channel, as you said earlier, is to teach people about money and overall life success. We talk about uh, different money skills, success skills, and different um, uh, ability to um, make decisions and, and uh, form different uh, types of companies. And we talk a lot about, you know, um, mistakes that people should avoid or the, the, uh, the mindset that they should have and so on and so forth. So um, Get Skills with Anna Bruno is the name of my brand. And uh, like I said, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and etc. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has been 
Very, very good. Is there anything else you want to add before we cue that outro? I just love your podcast, and I'm, I'm very, um, I, I'm very proud of you to see what you've done, what you've accomplished, and I just would say keep up the good work. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Let's go ahead and cue that outro clip. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.